Hello, welcome, or welcome back to No GPS. This is episode two about procrastination. I had a completely different episode idea that I was ready to sit down and record, and then I was feeling very overwhelmed with some other things on my to-do list that I've really just been putting off. And I didn't have any sense of urgency in doing them, so I just kept putting them off. And a lot of that is from me just sitting and hyper-focusing on one task one task for a long period of time versus, and not always, but just more recently, not having my day be as well-rounded as I would have liked it to be. <clears throat> so anyway, procrastination. The act of delaying or postponing something. And I took a poll on my Instagram and I asked a few questions. First off, I asked if... I just asked, do you procrastinate? Of course, you know, 90, 97% of people said yes. And there was only a handful of people who said no. And I do wonder, because even when I saw that, I was curious. I thought there, there's no way. <laughs> it's, I just, I, it does not seem plausible to me that no, that there's someone who does not procrastinate in one way or another, because I think we look at procrastinating as putting off something usually that has some kind of deadline. And I actually watched a TED talk about that and it made a lot of sense to me because when I thought about making this episode, I I was asking myself or when I started asking myself questions, I thought, huh, there's so many different ways in which you can procrastinate. So I'd put all, all of the definitions up and I asked everyone to pick the type of procrastinator they thought that they were. So first I'll talk a little bit about the types of procrastinators. And I went and found this online. There's a couple, there's several articles. If you, if you Google types of procrastination, they come up with these lists. There's usually four to six different types. And a lot of them, or a couple of them seem to overlap to me. So first, the worrier. The worrier is someone who procrastinates because they essentially don't think that they'll be able to do the task. So there's an issue of self-confidence in a way, and they fear that they won't succeed. And then there's the perfectionist. The perfectionist, and that's where I kind of feel that these two overlap, in the same way as the worrier. If they don't, in the same way that they have this fear that they're not going to do good enough, but different in the sense that they might do the task, but because it's not good enough, that equates to failure for them. And then there's the overdoer, someone who takes way too much on their plate. And as I'm going through all of these, I'm thinking about people in my life who kind of fall into these categories and kind of and where I see myself fitting into. The overdoer, someone who has too many tasks but doesn't prioritize what needs to get done. The dreamer or the idea guy, someone who has a lot of great ideas but doesn't take the steps and the time to sit down and plan things out the crisis maker. This was actually the most picked one, which didn't surprise me, but I'll talk about why I think that's really interesting. So the crisis maker, this is the type of person who will wait until the last minute to finish something because they need that stress in order to, they need that urgency to make them want to start in the first place. And then the defier. I believe this was the least chosen one, However, I think that there are moments when a lot of us feel this way. It's whenever 
someone procrastinates something because you don't really think it's important or you're questioning why you should have to do something in the first place. Especially if it's something mundane, something that it's very hard to find the reason as to why it's important to do, which can cause a lot of frustration. You know, if you're questioning why something should be worth your time to do, yeah, you're not going to want to do it. So anyway, I took a poll and the highest picked by, by, by quite a significant amount of people was Crisis Maker. A little over 250 people answered and Crisis Maker was by about 15 people the most chosen. And then after that was the Perfectionist and then the Worrier and then the Dreamer, then the Overdoer and then the Defier. So the reason I thought that wasn't surprised but also intrigued that Crisis Maker was the most chosen is because there have been so many times where, and I, I feel personally I fall into a perfectionist category where I, I will spend a lot of time doing something. I've spent hours editing videos before that I just did not put out because I didn't like it. I have a very hard time really following through with, not anymore, I've, I've worked very hard on getting away from that and understanding that in order to learn or gain something, it doesn't have to be perfect, right? So crisis maker, I found myself in that position so often and it was mainly in college. I would have a 10 page paper, right? And I would know about this paper for three weeks. I may have even started doing some of the research, but never actually sat down to write said paper. And then here I am the night or two nights before and it's that part of my brain that starts panicking and it's like hey this this is due in 30 hours maybe we should start now and then pulling an all-nighter which I don't think I could do now or if I did it would be so much more detrimental to how I feel the next day if I pulled an all-nighter now versus you know, four years ago, I feel like it was much easier for me to just kind of <laughs> jump up or I, I, I didn't have as much trouble, you know, which, yeah, it makes sense. I feel like the older you get, the y your body's not supposed to do that anyway, but now it would definitely be a struggle. The reason I bring up that I think it's really interesting is because the time that I've been alive and the amount of time in my life where I have had technology, because I think I got a phone in sixth or seventh grade, but I didn't get social media until my senior year of high school. And so there's this instant gratification that comes with either finishing a Netflix series, scrolling through Instagram, scrolling through TikTok, that I think without social media, without, and not that any of these things are inherently negative, but I think in the space that we live in right now, we have access to a lot of instant gratification. And I think it's very difficult to, for, for, for some people, you know, this is the difference between the crisis maker and a perfectionist. The crisis maker and what I, people I've talked to and from what I've read, if you have something that is a week or two away that you need to work on, but you also have Netflix right there. 
and you're telling yourself, eh, I mean, I have time. Which, which one are you going to choose? And not saying that this is everyone. You know, this is, this is specifically for people who operate in this way, where if they don't feel that sense of urgency, it's a lot more likely that it's just going to get pushed off until they feel that it has to get done. And then they're going to bulldoze their way through it. And that's, you know, when you hear, oh, I just work best under pressure. Because without that pressure, there's not really a need or a want to start when you have so many other options that give you that instant gratification. There's that's where the that's where this reward system starts to come in, which I'll I'll talk a little bit more about later. But because I don't work in that way or haven't in quite some time, it was really interesting to see that. You know, when I'm reading these articles, whether it just be on someone's blog post or I read a couple scholarly articles peer reviewed And it's this frantic question of, well, how can we stop procrastinating? When when procrastination itself is just this word that we've given, the verb of delaying something. Yeah, okay, you can can define what the act of delaying something is, but that does not discuss at all why people do it. And the, the human aspect of what people are dealing with or struggling with internally as to the reason why they are procrastinating. The six different types of procrastinators were split up into two. One was more anxiety-based, and the other was this, the lack of urgency or seeking novelty. You know, just opposite ends of the spectrum on why people procrastinate. And when we're talking specifically about deadlines... Because we'll get into the topic of whenever there are not deadlines and how that can affect your life as well. Because I think that's actually much, much, much worse because it's not, there's no container for that. This can be lifelong procrastination. Anyway. So I had also asked, do you have methods or habits to prevent procrastination? 69% of people said no. 31% of people said yes. Because I know I, I know it works best for me. Especially because I'm, I'm a fear-based procrastinator. So for people who... Uh, I'll just read some of them off. I make myself do it right away. And the reason being that is I'm going to have to do it anyway. Uh, someone else said... And these are both people who had also picked crisis-making. Crisis-making. Uh, make myself focus on the task for a serious 10 minutes the moment I'm free to do so. And this is something that my partner had also brought up is that... I was asking him a method that would help him help him because if you're a crisis maker, your issue is starting. If you're on the other end and it's more anxiety based, unless you're a worrier, I feel that the issue is not necessarily starting. It's uh, the self-confidence to be able to get through and do it. But it, if you're a crisis maker, a lot of times you might not know how long something is going to take you. So even taking one to ten minutes as soon as you get it to look over it read it and this is specifically with things that are that are deadline based but if you take a moment to look over read it see what it is that you have to do you can probably gauge how long how much time you're actually going to need so even if you do wait until the last minute to start something or or finish it i think just having a better idea can be extremely helpful 
And the reason I'm talking about this one right now is because we're just in a space right now where we have access to a lot of instant gratification. It's, and I, I personally think it's really fucking up our ability to do mundane tasks because you just have this influx of dopamine constantly and your reward system is off. And then someone else said reward with treats like planning a night out so that I have to be done with the project before then. Someone else said planning off days, always working on my schedule and getting enough sleep. Getting enough sleep is a very, very, very big one. And planning off days. So that's something that I do. When I plan time to work, that is my work time. Outside of that, I have a very, very hard time relaxing, but I've been forcing myself recently to take that time when I do say I'm not doing anything this day. I have to allow myself to relax because you can't you can't move forward you can't recover and focus on other stuff if you're constantly were in this space of worrying about whatever it is you have to do so really separating those times where you're working on something and you're allowing yourself to relax and I think a reward system is a great way which is a very a reward system is a great way but it's definitely a habit that you have to build especially when it comes to phones or TV, anything that if you are allowing yourself to just have access to these things all the time, you are kind of taking away that reward element. So it's a lot easier to put things off and just continue to go with what feels good in the moment. So with all that being said, regardless of how you procrastinate, why you procrastinate, I feel like you have to look at what you prioritize, not only what you prioritize, but there's definitely a mental health aspect of it that I'll get into in a second. But when you're talking about prioritizing, right? For me, I've tried blocking out my schedule hourly, creating these long task lists that only ultimately make me feel bad about myself if I don't complete everything. So what I've been doing more recently is writing down on Sunday everything I want to get done for the week going through picking out the top you know two or three things that I that have to get done this week whether they're deadline oriented or and I've been trying to make my, make it much more well-rounded so whether it's a deadline or something that I know I should do because it's going to make me feel better especially working out or doing yoga um, meditation writing my social life just picking out the three things that I know I want to do this week and then after that, going through and adding in my subtasks of things that aren't detrimental if I don't get them done, but that are still pretty important. And then lastly, just the sprinkle of things where it's kind of more of a life maintenance. Um, that Yeah, those are just more life maintenance tasks that if I have the time and the energy, I can go through and also add those in as well. But really just taking time to prioritize my schedule where some people do work best off of, you know, kind of blocking that time out and making sure they stick to that schedule. My my partner, he would go through, write down all his tasks and then kind of pick out during the day each day. He's more of a day-by-day planner. I'm a, a week-by-week planner. And it is, it's definitely finding what works best for you, especially depending on how you tend to put things off. Whereas for me, like I said, it's, it's a, I'm a perfectionist. So if I take the time and I tell myself, okay, you know what, today, this is my priority. This is what I'm going to spend time on. And then, so for instance, yesterday I was doing research and reading 
on the couch for about three hours. Those three hours passed, and I was looking at the other things I wanted to do today, or yesterday. I was like, okay, I think it's time for me to go work out. So I went and ran and then did yoga, lifted a little bit, and then what did I do after that? Oh, and then I had to make a call um, because there were just other things, like there was something in particular that I was putting off, but I felt so much better about how I utilized my time versus one, having this long ass list of stuff to do and then feeling bad that I didn't get it all done. And two, that I still managed to do something that I felt like I was putting off. So prioritization, for sure. Motivation. This is a big one. And this also, I think, well, I'll just get into it. Your motivation for doing a task, right? Whatever that may be. So it could be maybe you have a project at work that you have to get done. And that's deadline oriented. You know, the deadline stuff I feel is a little bit easier to find the motivation to do because it has to be done by a certain time. It's the things that are not (laughs) deadline oriented. So let's say you want to start working out more. You want to start cooking more meals at home. And you're saying, I just don't have the time to do these things. Well, first off, what is your motivation? Why are you wanting to make this a part of your schedule right and then secondly why are you putting it off and that's not to say I know people are can be very very busy I grew up in a big family we had very little time our schedule was very hectic so that changes the priorities so you kind of that's that's an on an individual basis. You've got to look at what you're prioritizing in your life. And if there's something you truly want to implement because, you know, it's going to change your life for the better. You've got to find a way to prioritize it. You have to. And it's part of the issue is of procrastination is it's so easy to just say, well, I'll start this day. I'll start this day. And it just keeps getting pushed back and pushed back. But eventually that's going to make you feel pretty shitty when you've been doing that for months. And at some, at what point do you sit down, look at your priorities? That's why I say even write them out. What do you prioritize most in your life? How, how do you spend your time and how can you adjust so you can start prioritizing the things that are going to be most beneficial for you in your life and that doesn't mean you have to make this full 180 change so for instance if if you want to start eating better and you're saying well I'm going to start on Monday and it's you know Thursday you could start that day the next time you go to the store even just consciously making a choice to buy a better snack or something healthier if you're wanting to drink less you know these are all very conscious choices about how you not only spend your time, but it, it there's a self-control aspect in there. And I was actually reading an article about that by by Bill Gay Uzun, Sarah LeBlanc, and Joseph Ferrari. Yeah, if, if you look up relationship between academic procrastination and self-control, um, you should find it. And they're talking about it in an academic sense, but it led me down this path of really figuring out the overlap of self self-confidence self-esteem self-control and procrastination that's where there's there 
there seems to have been so much separation between procrastination and the individual. You know, it's when we say, oh, well, a a lot of people procrastinate or there's that element of people are just lazy. No, you have to really take a look at yourself as an individual and what it is and why you're procrastinating. Is it that you truly just don't know how to prioritize or have you even questioned what your priorities are and how you how you spend your time? Is it there's an aspect of self-control? And when you're looking and then if you're looking at self-confidence, you know, that's a that's a tough one are you procrastinating something because you're not confident in your ability to do it and how can you go about getting more information working towards being able to be more confident when do you feel most confident that's where there's there's an element of gaining self-confidence so you can do whatever it is you need to do because when you lack self-confidence you procrastinate then that affects your self-esteem When we're talking about self-confidence, that's your ability to do something. Your self-esteem is your self-worth. So then it becomes very cyclical. Someone had said, I'm very much a worrier and a crisis maker. How do I stop that? And I thought that was such a difficult question to try and dive into because there's, first of all, um, a worrier. Someone who prefers just to not start the task at all because they don't know if they're able to complete it and then the crisis maker someone who also waits until the last minute to have to feel that urgency to be able to do it and that at its core sounds much more like a self-confidence issue and at that point it, it seems you would have to sit down and ask yourself what it is you're fearing what it what is it that you're scared of you're scared if if you're worried about your ability to do a task what is this based off of do you feel that someone else can do this task much better than you do you feel that you're not qualified to do whatever it is you're trying to do and if that is the case that's a tough position to be in so first off you know 95 to 98 percent of the things that we fear most don't happen and let's say that they do happen Let's say you go after something, you do something, and your worst fear happens. That will pass. As shitty as that sounds, it will pass. And the fear that you've continuously lived in, you know, you're living in a space of fear right now because you are scared to do this thing. How long do you want to live in that fear versus if you were to go after it, the worst thing happens, and then eventually it passes, right? Like you, you're already living in a space of fear. That's sometimes I, for instance, there have been moments when I might have put a video out, get backlash on it, and then I have a lot of fear about posting something else. And it gives me a lot of anxiety. So now I find myself constantly just staying in my own bubble of fear. And in the moments when I break out of that and I do put something else out and I wonder, is the same thing going to happen? Am I going to get backlash? What's the reaction going to be? But at that point, it's also out of my hands. So there's also that part of you that should question what it is that you value. Because if I'm valuing the fact that I'm doing something creative, I'm doing something I want to do, and I'm putting it out there, how other people react 
is out of my control. And I feel that as long as I'm staying grounded, I'm open to learning also, that is that to me is better than staying in that bubble of fear that I have created around myself. You know, that's that's a very difficult question to answer. And that's one where <clears throat> when you talk about procrastination specifically, it's much less about procrastination itself and much more about how you're feeling inside the fear that you have you first have to name your fear what is it that you're afraid of that's keeping you from doing what you want to do and that's i i I always urge i always urge people to meditate or write and really figure out what it is they want what it is they value what scares them because typically, you know, those very much coincide. The things we want most are the, the things that we are most afraid of. Because you don't want to fail at whatever it is you want most. But just starting. Even just start researching. And just getting... you. There's so much about getting in touch with yourself that I feel plays into procrastinating and how to not procrastinate. And with all that being said... Also living in a culture that ties its, where people tie their worth to, and not everyone, but living in a culture where people tie their worth to how much they can produce, how successful they are, also creates another issue. Because when you see other people and you're only seeing the highlights of the things that they do and you don't see the amount of work and the struggle behind that success, or you don't understand that they got lucky, they were dealt much different cards than you were that's also you know I keep bringing up social media it's just there's a comparison that I I would think there's a comparison aspect of you know someone who is a worrier if you worry a lot about your ability to do something successfully what are you basing that off of And also, how can you bring up your own confidence to be able to say, actually, I think I can do this. And if I can't do it, I would rather try and be able to learn from it. Someone else said, is it wrong to think like a dreamer? Because I think that's how I think most of the time. I don't think there's an issue specifically with thinking like a dreamer. I think the issue comes again in the mental health aspect. Is it affecting you negatively? I think there's a difference between thinking and having ideas and saying, oh, you know, it'd be really, really cool versus I want to do this and never taking the time to actually sit down, plan it out, think it through and decide whether or not it truly is something you want to do. So whether it's the fact that maybe you just have a really hard time starting on things and taking just 10 minutes, if you set a timer for yourself for just 10 minutes to work on something that might just give you that little bit of push that you need to know you can finish it. You know, specifically if you work in a a crisis type of way. If you are a worrier, really taking a look inside, uh, you know, I I think there's definitely um, an element of self-confidence and self-esteem. What do you tie your worth to? Can you kind of pinpoint these areas where you might have gone through a moment in your life where it's really shaken your self-confidence? Same thing, you know, with a perfectionist, someone who feels that everything has to be great in order to 
do or achieve whatever it is that they want to do. Perfect is impossible to achieve. And if you can get something out there, if you can finish something, there is so much to be learned from just finishing something, whether it is good or bad. And having a reward system in place can be really helpful. If you finish something and you put it out there, great. Reward yourself with the day off. Reward yourself by taking yourself out, hanging out with friends. If you are a defier, you know, that's a that's a really tough one. And I think there's just there's definitely that rebellious aspect of unless you give me a reason as to why I need to do this, why do I want to? And I think part of that is also being in an environment where you might not want to do the work that you're doing. If if you feel that it's meaningless, what is meaningful to you? What do you find valuable? I'll kind of end with saying, for me, it's never been a deadline issue. It's the things in my life that, for instance, for me, my my family has on several occasions been a very big source of stress for me. And I could talk about that more in depth on a different episode. I think a lot of people struggle with how to deal with difficult family members. But one of my family members, every single time I call them, there's kind of a, there's that, there's a moment where they're like, oh, well, it's good to hear from you. I haven't heard from you in, ever, in forever. And me being me, I immediately want to say, well, you know, the phone works both ways, but I also understand that that's not going to be helpful. However, anticipating that prevents me from wanting to talk to them constantly. And then it'll make me feel bad. And in the back of my head, I'm like, I know I should call them. I know I should speak to them to the extent that I will put it on my to-do list and it'll, I'll continue to look at it because I, it, I'll go day after day after day and next thing I know, two weeks have passed and I still have not talked to this person. And then as soon as I do, it's never as bad as I feel it's going to be. And even if it is, it's like, there's the amount of relief I feel after that is great versus the fact that I've, I've spent two weeks worrying and not wanting to do it. Same with, you know, maybe you are putting off going to the doctor. Maybe you're putting off, like, whatever it is you're putting off that does not have a deadline. Be very, very weary of those things. And if you need to sit down and reprioritize so that that is at the top of your list, because you don't, not you, everyone, We are not here for a long time. And at what point do you decide you are not going to suffer and especially suffer in silence? Because most of the things that don't have a deadline, man, those are the things that will sneak up on you. And before you know it, it's been years. And now you are just agonizing over the fact that you never started this business venture. You never... You never took that leap and moved out of the country. You know, whatever it is, it may be. And at this point, it's just you had a dream and now it feels unattainable. So to anyone and everyone, we have a very limited amount of time, a very limited amount of time. And you don't know when that's going to end. 
So prioritize what is most important in your life, what you feel is going to make you happy. Because at the end of the day, in 200 years, there's a really, really good chance that nothing you do right now will ever be remembered and it may not matter not to be extremely morbid I really do say that because the fear that we have around doing and starting so many things is something that so many of us are dealing with so maybe just take a second to put down your phone because that's another thing we spend a lot of time stimulating our minds and that doesn't leave a whole lot of energy a whole lot of mental energy to do the things that we actually want to do or should be doing that was fun that was exciting until next time definitely go to feel free to follow my instagram no gps podcast i definitely want to ask some more questions do some more polls you know see all what that's about and i'll also say that because i put that poll on social media i it's, it's hard to go off the statistics or, you know, anything that I do on there because everyone on there is also on social media. So it's like, huh, the crisis makers, people who spend a lot of time on social media, are they more likely to be crisis makers because of the fact that it's so easy to just kind of run away into other things? But anyway, that's besides the point. Follow my Instagram, no GPS podcast on, in- oh, I already said that on Instagram. And until next time.